This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. We're in a series called At the Movies where we are taking movies and we're kind of going through just some clips of them and seeing what we can pull out of them as it relates to the Word of God. Amen? And guess what? There are some truths that you can pull out of movies. And we hope you're enjoying the popcorn, by the way. Uh, it's so good to have you with us this summer. We just wanted to do something kind of a little bit different. But today we are calling our teaching our assignment. Everybody say our assignment. Our assignment. Now, now turn to your neighbor and tell them, say, you've got an assignment. All of us, we all have an assignment in life, amen? And we're looking at the movie Evan Almighty today. And I just got to tell you this, this is a, a really funny movie. Uh, it's a clean movie, but we're going to talk a little bit about the movie today. And whenever you look at the movie, Evan Baxter, which is Steve Carell, and you may recognize him from shows like The Office and stuff, but uh, he is a guy named Evan Baxter. He's a newscast guy or a news reporter guy, and then he ends up running for Congress and he wins. And he ran on this whole campaign of, we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. And so that's what people were expecting him to do, and that's what he said he was going to do. How many of you know we all need to be part of change in the world? Come on. We all need to be part of that. And I want you to know that I really think that most people want to be part of change in the world. I think most people want to be part of something big. They want to do something good. They want to do something positive. Am I the only one that thinks that? I think that's probably the heart of most of us, but it appears as though Evan's really sincere about this, and they say one of the greatest questions that people ask is, is what am I here for? Why am I here on earth? What am I doing here on earth? What am I supposed to do? Well, I want you to know you've got an assignment, and we're going to talk about that assignment a little bit today. And once again, I think all of us want to make a difference, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a president, that you're going to be in Congress, uh, that you're going to be a pastor, or that you're going to be an evangelist or anything like that, but God's got an assignment for you right now in your life. And I want you to understand this. God calls us all to do kingdom work. God calls us all to do kingdom work, and y'all, that is how we change the world. Come on now. That's how we change the world. How many of you know uh, our government, and I'm not knocking it, okay, but there's a lot of programs that maybe our government set up over the years to help people, and maybe a lot of people have been helped through it, but you want to know what changes people and what changes the world? A touch from God. Come on now, a touch from God. A stimulus package doesn't change the world, right? Laws don't change the world, but a touch from God changes the world. It's a real change whenever God gets in our situations and whenever God touches somebody. That's a real change. But God wants to use all of us. Do you all agree? Yeah. Have you ever felt like you couldn't be used? Anybody ever felt that way? Yeah. Ever felt like you were unqualified? Anybody ever felt that way? Yeah, me too. But God wants to use you, y'all. I want y'all to understand that today. And whenever he is in our lives, whenever we're doing what he's called us to do, People around us are going to be changed as a result. For Evan, it started whenever he got on his knees and finally prayed because he realized he needed God's help. So we're going to watch a clip about that real quick. So they just moved into their new house, and I think it was good that his wife said, listen, you, you want to change the world. You need some help. 
I need all the help I can get. What about you? We need all the help we can get. You know, I love uh, that they, they showed him praying and asking for God's help in this movie. Um, how many of you know God wants to hear from us? He loves it whenever we talk to him. Prayer needs to be part of our life daily. Uh, I want you to know you're never troubling God whenever you pray. Come on now, listen to me. Anytime you go to God to pray, he's not thinking, oh, it's this guy again. Or, oh, it's her again. He wants to hear from you. And you may say, you know, Gene, I I don't pray very well. I kind of just stumble and, and don't really flow real well whenever it comes to praying. Well, it doesn't matter. For all of you who have children in here, remember whenever your children started talking and they just blah, 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 blah. You, you didn't understand much of it, right? But wasn't it adorable? Come on now, talk to me. Wasn't it adorable? Y'all, we're his children and he loves to hear from us. And it may not be perfect. You may not just be able to just flow. And guess what? I can't. You know how I talk to God? The same way that I talk to my wife. Just real. Like we're just sitting at the dinner table. Just talking. And that's just the way I talk to him. But he wants to hear from you. He cares what's on your heart. He cares about the, he cares about the things that are troubling you. You may say, God, God doesn't want to hear about this. You know, honestly, he wants to hear your heart. How many of you maybe have uh, a child uh, or, you know, when, if your children are, are older? Like, and I can tell this. If the kids get in the car after school and something's not right, you're ever able to tell. And so I'll ask them, you know, Audrey, what's wrong? And maybe somebody said something that kind of made her pooch your lips out. But I want to hear about it. Why? Because she's mine. And I love her. But God really cares about what's on your heart. God cares about the things that concern you. He, he wants to be there whenever you have celebrations, whenever you're excited about things, things. He wants to hear from you whenever you're concerned about things. He cares about what's going on in your life. Whenever you've got a need, he wants you to ask him for help. Come on now. And I think, again, all of us at some point have said, yeah, we've probably had answered prayers in our life. And some of you, you may say, well, Gene, I have had answered prayers, but I've got to be honest with you. Most of the time, whenever I pray, they're not answered. I want to tell you one reason why that may be. Because of God's grace, a lot of times he says no to what we ask for. A lot of times we think we know what's best. Hey, by the way, we don't. We're going to talk about a verse about that in just a minute. We don't know what's best, but he does. And so a lot of times we pray that maybe we get this job and God says, that's not the right job for you, but it looks perfect. Trust me, it's not the right job for you. Or else you've got a relationship that you're hoping will go further. And you're thinking, God, I just pray that this will work out with this person. God says, trust me, you don't want that person in your life down the road. Come on now. Because whenever you marry somebody, it gets real, doesn't it? And so God sees way down the road. And so many times we get no's from God. It's not because he's a bad God or because he's against us. It's because he knows what's best for us. Come on now. In the same way that my son and my daughter ask me for stuff all the time and they get no's all the time. If I was to say yes to everything they asked for, I would be a horrible parent. Because much of what they ask for is not good for them. Come on. If my daughter had it her way, she would live on a diet of Fruit Loops. How many of you know not exactly the ideal diet, right? 
She's our big carb, and I mean, she's like cereal and bread. That's her two things that she wants. And so we have to say, no, you've got to do something else. You've got to have some fruit and some veggies and stuff like that. But they ask us stuff all the time, and it's just because we know better, we say no. Because God knows better, he will often close the door and say, it's not the right thing for you. Because he loves you. Somebody say, he loves me. He loves me. And let me just tell you, as it relates to prayer, we all need to be praying. I want you to understand whenever you pray, it just builds your relationship with God. Whenever you pray, then you're going to start to recognize the voice of God more often. The more you talk to somebody, the more quickly you can recognize their voice, correct? Like somebody can call me, and of course we all got caller ID, but let's just say they happen to call me from a landline. It's like, oh, that's Elder Curly. Why? Because I've been talking to this man now for 25 years and I know his voice, correct? The more we talk to God, the more we're easily going to be able to recognize his voice as well. But in addition to that, whenever we talk to the Father, it strengthens us and builds us up. Jesus modeled this in the word. Not only did he tell the disciples, you need to pray, not only did he actually give them an outline that we call the Lord's Prayer, which should actually be called the Disciples' Prayer, but anyway, he, he modeled this as well because it talks about how Jesus would get up and go and he would pray. And the disciples saw this, and this is what caused them to ask him, hey, will you please teach us how to pray? Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, one-third of the Trinity, made sure that he had a prayer life. That prayer life between Jesus on earth and God in heaven was the umbilical cord for Jesus to have what he needed to accomplish his goal on earth as a human being. Listen, he had an assignment. And the only way that he could accomplish that assignment was with the power of God because he was on earth as a human. Y'all, we're humans. The only way we can accomplish the assignment that God has for us is a direct relationship with him. Come on now. I want you to understand this, is that we're not able, us, human beings, to change the world without the help of God. You can't do it yourself. It's going to take the help of God for you to be able to make a difference in the lives of anybody else. And a lot of us have been like Evan right here. Maybe we believe in God, we go to church, but we don't think that he'll bother using us. But I want you to know he wants to use you. Everybody say, he wants to use me. All right, let's look at how God wants to use Evan to change the world here in this next clip. Pretty funny stuff, isn't it? Uh, did John notice uh, that whenever he screams, uh, that Morgan Freeman, who just has the greatest God voice, uh, he says, it's okay, son, it's the beginning of wisdom. From the verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Get it? Get it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Proverbs 9, 10. But anyway, how many of y'all have ever been resistant to what God wanted you to do? Anybody ever been there before? Yeah, come on now. Thank you for your honesty. Appreciate that. Um, but that's the way Evan obviously was in this. Um, of course, it was kind of freaking him out whenever God appears to him. But the thing is, is a lot of times we're resistant to God because we think that we have our own plans and we think that those are the right plans for our life. As a matter of fact, the second time that God appears to him a little bit later in the movie, which we're not going to watch today, um, Evan starts to say, listen, I, I've got these plans because he had been elected to go to Washington and, and Morgan Freeman, our God, just starts to laugh at him. He's like, your plans, you know, in other words, like your plans don't matter, son. 
How many of you know God's plans are the ones that matter in our life, right? But we always have our plans, but God has plans uh, for our lives. Whenever I was younger, I had plans of what I wanted to do. Really around college, I started to decide in my mind, okay, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to work for. This is where I would like to move. And guess what? God had different plans. And I could have really, really worked hard to do those other things. I could have really tried to get on with the company that I wanted to work for. I could have really tried to move off to where I wanted to move. But how many of you know, whenever you follow your own plans versus God's plans, it's never going to be as good for you. It's just never going to be as good for you. God's plans are always better than ours. A lot of us have an idea of what we want life to look like, whether it's spouse or children or where you live or what neighborhood you're in. Or whatever it is, we have those plans. But Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says this. says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Here's what God's saying here. The way you think and the way I think aren't the same. Come on. A lot of times in a situation, we have a plan and God says, I have a plan too. But it doesn't really look like yours. The next sentence, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. My ways are what? Higher. My ways are higher. What we talked about just a little while ago, the reason that God often says no to things that we ask for, to things that we pray for, is because he understands. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so it's the whole thing of, Whenever we ask for something, whenever we have our own plans, for instance, God says, no, 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 that's not the plans. Nope, I can't, I, I can't let you have this, trust me, because, uh, listen, I know what's going to happen down the road. So I know what's best for you. It's the same way we are with our children as well. The reason we can't say yes to everything because we know how that might turn out for them, right? So his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are different than ours. His are higher than ours. But God understands once again down the road how things are going to turn out for us. And too many times we think that our plans will truly bring us happiness, right? Come on. We think, listen, we've got the A plan. And too many times we make God's plan the B plan, but God's plan needs to always be the A plan, right? That's just the way it needs to be. It's the way it needs to be. You can watch TV. You can look on social media and you can see that some of these people who are the most famous people in the world, that too many times people want to be like them, you can see that they're really not happy. You can see that they're not fulfilled. You can see that they're living a life of drama. You can see that they have marriage issues. I mean, how many of y'all know Hollywood's not all that a lot of people think it is, right? But they've got money and they can't even leave their house because they're so popular they get bombarded with people, but they're miserable. They're miserable. It takes a relationship with God if you truly want to be happy. Come on. It takes a relationship with him. You're going to experience peace. You're going to experience fulfillment, happiness. You're going to have a purpose whenever you have relationship with God. And whenever we say yes to his plan for our lives, we're going to begin to see things fall into place for us. Come on now. We're going to see things fall into place for us. Let's check out this next clip. So Evan finally said yes to God, and he's starting to build the ark. The hair thing was a little crazy, wasn't it? Pretty funny. Um, but he stepped out, and he's moving in the direction that God has for him. 
How many of y'all have ever felt the Lord nudging you like this is what you feel God's got for you to do? Uh, maybe you've been a little resistant to it. And then maybe God has even sent people to you to confirm this as well. Uh, I had someone who, I was in a service one time in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. And there was an evangelist there who hears from God. As a matter of fact, let me just stop there for a second and tell you about this guy. In 1982, he called my parents in Columbia, South Carolina. And he said, God has told me that you will be uh, pastoring a church full-time someday. You'll be a church planner. My parents laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, about 12 years later, guess what happened? This is also one of the three men who reached out to my father and said, God says he's given you a radio station. Yeah, and just confirmed what God had put in my, uh, my dad's heart. But this man, he's one of these, he can read your mail, as we call it. He just hears from God. We were in Crystal Springs, he was in town, and I go over there, and he starts, and I'm like, oh, my word, he's about to say what I don't want him to say. Because I had been feeling God nudge it. And he had on his little clip mic right here, and I did this, and I covered up his mic on his tie. And he said, don't you dare do that. And he pulled my hand down, and he said, this is what God says. And I'm like, but I don't want to hear what God says. <laughs> God had been nudging me. Then God sent people into my life to just confirm it. Maybe some of y'all have dealt with that. You, you've had people that have come into your life and they have been telling you, listen, this is what God's saying you need to do. Because God will do that from time to time. And you may feel like your plans and his plans aren't matching up. But I want you to know his plans are good. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. Somebody needs to hear this today. Plans to prosper you. Come on now. Amen. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans for God for your life are never negative. Plans... For Plans of God for your life are never going to make life a drag. Plans of God for your life are going to make you want to get up out of bed and do what God's called you to do. A lot of us, every day, it's eat, work, sleep, repeat. And that's just it. God's got more for you. During the day, he's got a work for you to do. Come on now. And it should excite us. I don't know about y'all. You know, I love coming here on Sundays. And the very thing that I thought, there is no way I want to do this. I actually enjoy doing this because that's the way God works. Amen. That's just the way, he, because his plans, they're good plans. Plans to prosper me, right? They're not going to harm me. They give me a hope and a future. And this is a movie and God's assignment for Evan was huge. There's a really, 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 really good chance, like at least an 80% chance that God's not going to ask you to build an ark. Maybe even an 85% chance. That's a joke, people. That's a joke, okay? <laughs> Some of you guys are like, darn, that's a one out of five chance. i got to build an ark. <clears throat> um, no, there, there's a really, 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 really good chance that God's not going to ask you to build an ark. But what is it that he's nudging you to do? Let's get real. He's nudging you to do something. And for me, it was stepping into this role right here. For a lot of our what we call dream teamers around here, you see the blue shirts and different people outside that are whether lead, whether they're leading a kids class or whether they're helping at the welcome center. For them, God was nudging them. It's time for you to do that. So what is it that He's asked you to do? We've had folks that have come up to us and said, you know, I feel like God's saying that I need to do this, and I'm like, yeah, because God's already kind of showed me that that is what you need to do. Just confirming it. There's been times where I've had to go up to people and say, I really feel like. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what I feel like the Lord's telling me. And they're like, oh, man. Because they had been feeling it as well. And they just needed a little bit of a nudge. But once they get into that, they're so happy. Because they're 
kind of on the right road that God has for them. They're going right down the path that he has for them. We had dinner with a couple last night, and I loved it. They, well, one of them said, I, I'm ready to get more involved, and shared what he was interested in. It's like, this is music to my ears. Doing what God is telling him to do, amen? amen. But I want to encourage you to step out. He's probably not calling you to pastor or build an ark, but, but maybe leading a life group. Some of y'all got the word of God in you, and you know you're not called to necessarily pastor. No, but you can help lead a life group, which meets however many times throughout the year, and you help to get the word into people, right? Come on now, right? How many of y'all love your life groups, by the way? Anybody? Amen. Maybe it's leading life group. Maybe it's serving on the dream team outside. Maybe it's helping with the kids' ministry. Please, they can always use extra help. You don't have to be a gifted speaker to work with the kids' ministry. My six-year-old daughter has never critiqued a teacher, ever. Neither has my nine-year-old son. They're, they're not going to critique you. The fact that you just love to be, where they're, be in there with them, that's, that's the best for them. Amen? They love it. Uh, maybe it's helping with a Bible study at school or at work. Maybe it's using your talents. Some of y'all have some really good talents that you could use here. Did you know that cooking is a talent? Come on now. And it can be used here to bless people. I mean, stuff like, you know, photography, stuff like cooking, whatever it is, you can have a, uh, a talent that can be used here. But once again, you're not going to be asked to build an ark, but God wants you to do something. And Seth, let's hit that next clip. Good stuff right there, huh? Did you notice his name tag said Almighty? <laughs> pretty good, wasn't it? That's pretty good. Obviously, Joan, Evan's wife, wasn't really on board with what God had called him to do. Uh, I want you to know people aren't always going to be on board with what God calls you to do. Our family, in case you don't know, we're, we're from here originally. And uh, we were in Florida for about a decade due to my dad's company transferring us there. And before that, we were in Columbia, South Carolina. But anyway... God called us to come here and to plant this very church. Whenever dad got back, a lot of his good old boyfriends said, so he came to plant a church and they would say this, there's enough churches around here already. How many of you know it's better to listen to God than to people? Yeah. Right? We even had some family that necessarily weren't supporters of us. Um, and it's not a knock, you know, if I were to just be real transparent with you, uh, my dad's father never came to the church one time. And whenever he passed away, and I, I had honestly never noticed it, but he was also getting older, just for the record. He didn't go out much, you know, outside of the occasional fish house visit and doctor's appointments, right? You know, after he passed away, uh, Dad and I were talking one time. He said, you know, he never came to the church one time, and I saw that that had really hurt Dad. People aren't always going to be on board with what God's called you to do, but we've got to move forward with what he's told us to do, amen? We've got to just continue to move forward, and... And this is a bit of a funny storyline here in this movie. But, y'all, I want you to understand, um, thousands of years ago, there was a guy really named Noah. Come on now. In the book of Genesis that God told to build an ark. Not only did he tell him to build an ark, he said build an ark because there's going to be something called rain that takes place. And at this time, it had never rained. So you have to imagine that Noah's family thought he was absolutely a nut that his wife and his uh, kids were like, you're going to do what? And so he was mocked and he was talked about. 
But at some point, obviously, his family got on board with him, literally, to help do the project. But, but he was mocked for doing it. And as a result, Noah's obedience to God is what saved his family. It's what saved his family. And God's desire, I want you to understand this. Some of y'all need to hear me today. God's desire is for families, couples, families, to come together and to move together in the assignment that he gives them. It's never just a, well, this is his thing or this is her thing. No, no, we work together and we move together with what God's called us to do. Now, understand that God also will give us at times uh, different assignments, husbands and wives, based on giftings, but they never contradict each other. Uh, So, for instance, Nolan back here, he's a great worship leader. Stacy is awesome with kids ministry. They're both doing what they've been gifted to do, right? But they don't contradict each other. But it's good because, of course, they're praying for each other, supporting each other in whatever it is that they, that they do. Y'all, it's important that we move together as family whenever God's called us to do something. I've got a friend of mine in ministry. Uh, we had lunch a little while back. And he said, so how in the world do you get your wife to preach? I said, do you want to know the first time how I got her to preach? He said, yeah. I said, I looked at her and said, you're preaching next month. And thankfully, she said, okay, right? Um, And he said, if I handed my wife the mic, she would pass out in front of everybody. He's like, she would literally pass out. And this guy's a pastor. And um, he said, I, you know, he said, it's just not her. He said, she's not one that will public speak or anything like that. He said, but she's totally a supporter of what I'm doing. He said, she's awesome to have people over at the house, um, but she's just not going to be the teaching type. Uh, You know, it's, she doesn't just say, hey, he's the pastor and just make him do it all. No, she helps him whenever she can, right? There always needs to be support there whenever it comes to families and couples to accomplish what God's called them to do. I want you to get this. Whenever families are not moving together based on the calling that God has for them, what you're doing is actually slowing your family down from getting to the promised land that God's called you to get to. Whenever I say promised land, what am I talking about? Obviously, in the book of Exodus, uh, God called the children of Israel to leave Egypt to get to the place that he had for them. Uh, If you were to look at the geography, uh, if they were to get up and just start walking and to just keep walking and, you know, like like really be on a mission and just keep walking, they could have made it in 11 days. Um, But they had a million people going, right? So, hey, let's give them 20 days, cut them some slack so they can take a little bit of time, stop at the rest stops, get something to eat, whatever. But... They murmured, they complained. As a result, what was supposed to take 11 or we'll say 20 days took 40 years. So long that that first generation never got to see it. And whenever you're not in agreement, whenever you're not moving together forward, you're just delaying what God has for you, which is a good thing. Listen, your promised land is a place of peace. Your promised land is a place of literally being happy, of feeling fulfilled. It's where you want to get. I mean, Regina and I, we're just in our 40s right now, but man, we feel like we are exactly where God's got us right now, and we are so happy to be there. Come on. Life may not be 100% perfect. We deal with stuff from time to time, but we feel like we're exactly where God has us to be. And whenever you're resistant to it, you're just delaying yourself from getting there. Don't delay what God has for you. And here's the real truth. Whenever you're not doing what God's called you to do, it doesn't just affect you. Because it affects those around you. It affects those that you're supposed to be ministering to. 
whenever you're not doing what he's called you to do. God's plan for your life isn't just about you being happy. He wants that to happen, but it's really about others. Let's check out this final scene. So obviously, uh, Evan heard from God, and guess what? There was a flood. It probably didn't look like what he was expecting as far as rain goes, but um, once again, God always knows, right? He always knows, and as a result, if you just in watching the movie, people were changed or people were saved as a result. Once again, whenever you're doing what God's called you to do, people will be changed. People will be saved. They will be. We kind of joined two clips there together, went from the flood into whenever he kind of is meeting God there at the end. Did you notice just the feeling of peace whenever he's there with God? Of course, there was a little bit of piano that kind of helped set the mood for the movie, but I want to tell you today, whenever you say yes to God's plans, you'll experience peace. There are a lot of people right now that are living in chaos because they're just not where they're supposed to be with God. If they do have a relationship with Him, they're not doing what He's called them to do. But you can experience peace whenever you know the Lord and whenever you say yes to His plan for your life. We've got to be obedient to do what He says. I loved it whenever Morgan Freeman says, you did good, son. Whenever we look in the Word, I want to stand before God and I want Him to say, well done, Gene. That's what I want to hear more than anything. And thinking about my father earlier, you know, I was talking about him. I know that whenever he stood before God after he took his last breath, God looked at big Gene and said, well done. You did good, son. I want the same thing. What I don't want to happen, and Dad used to say this, is for God to look at me and say, well, I think that's going to be a lot of believers. God's going to say, well, I had a plan for you, but you didn't do it. Yeah, you're saved, but I want you to know this. God's got a plan for you. After salvation, it's time to start moving into the direction that he has for you. There's a lot of saved people that, yeah, they're going to get to heaven, but listen, life on earth wasn't that pleasant because they were resistant to what God had for them. Y'all stand with me today, if you will. Whenever our focus is on Him, whenever we're walking out the plan that He has for us, we're, we're going to see that we're living in peace. We're walking in peace. Isaiah 26.3 says this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. You will keep in perfect peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. So as we close today, I want to ask you a question. For those of you that have been feeling a nudge from the Lord, like you're supposed to step out, it's time for you to get kind of into the lane that He has for you. It's time for you to take that next step. I want to ask you, do you trust Him? Do you really trust Him? If He's called you to do it, I want you to know this. He's going to enable you to do it. He's going to empower you to do it. Amen? He's going to empower you to do it. We've got an assignment for Him. It's time for us to put our plans on hold and to move forward with His plans. And there's something I want us to all understand today. The world needs us. Can we all say that together? The world needs us. 
Scripture shows us that God wants to partner with us, partner with us to help tell the world about Jesus. The world needs us, and it requires us stepping into what God has for us. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.